Hey, friends. How, how's it going, all you raccoons and sausage makers? <laughs> Look at this cake I have. Mm-mm. Whoa. Welcome to Respawn Ain't Fire. Yeah, I know. It's very good. It's got a chocolate and a vanilla right there. Chocolate and vanilla see. swirl in the same? Or are those two separate pieces of cake? No, two different pieces. Oh this is God. a National Association of Letter Carriers cake. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> but I've got it. I love it. <sighs> I love it. Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, kick-ass, irreverent gaming podcast from Raffle Idiots. I'm going to host Adam, eating cake from work, Gumbert, <laughs> got with us here today. Chad, uh, he's a raccoon or a sausage maker, Michael Ennis. It's up to you to guess which one in the audience. Submit it in the, into our poll on Twitter. <laughs> Let us know, am I a raccoon or am I a sausage maker who controls the raccoons <laughs> from a Heidelberg, cool. Pre-show Germany. stuff. Is insane. Uh, this is episode 248. <laughs> you can normally catch us on Sunday evenings at twitch.tv slash affleidiots and YouTube podcast services Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern time. It's a little off today, but, you know, destiny and stuff happened. Uh, upcoming on today's show, Elden Ring is a big deal, apparently. <gasps> the kids like that video game. Uh, PlayStation exclusive gets delayed. Ooh. You'll have to listen to find out which one. <gasps> and Resident Evil... Getting next-gen love. Mm-mm, loving all over Ooh, it. That means but, romance options with next-gen consoles. And yeah, Resident God, Evil. Fuck those consoles. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> but our main quest today, God of War is getting a TV show. What is going on in the world? This is from Matt Kim what? at IGN.com. According to Deadline, Amazon Prime Video, them again, is in talks with PlayStation to adapt God of War as a live-action TV series. The Expanse creators and executive producer Mark Fergus and Hawk Ostby. Hawk, what an awesome what name. What a frick. Yeah, right? Hawk Ostby. That's a badass person right there. You are awesome. As well as the Wheel of Time producer Rafe Judkins are all looking to join the adaptation. Uh, if finalized, God of War will join The Last of Us and Twisted Metal as the latest PlayStation exclusives to make the jump to live-action television, not counting some of the other flagship games uh, adapted for the big screen, like Uncharted, which came out a couple weeks ago, and the upcoming Ghost of Tsushima movie. Uh, however, Last of Us is set at HBO, while Twisted Metal is set to Peacock, which was news that I think happened in the last couple of days, that yeah... Anthony Mackie's Anthony Mackie's Milkman <laughs> is going to Peacock in Twisted Metal. Uh, so there was a there was a good the, tweet ooh. from Jeff Grubb uh, last week. Whenever they announced the Twisted Metal thing, and it was just it was just a very clever tweet that now I'm building up and it's going to not be as good now. But it just said Anthony Mackie yeah. a bad career choice a career choice. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good, pretty good. So here we go. More. Look, this is so kind of a, a light news day. It's not a lot of these stories aren't really super, super in depth. So I got to ask you these questions. Okay. It's like, all right, I understand PlayStation's made PlayStation Studios. Uncharted somehow did very well. I'm not, I mean, it did very well for pandemic era. I think it's one right. of the highest grossing movies in the pandemic era, which is crazy. Um, you know, it seems like a fun movie, but I'm shocked it did that well. Uh, and PlayStation has just gone all in. Like we we went from you know talking about these stories earlier, like oh they're gonna adapt that or adapt this. Now they're just like there's seven projects in the making, <laughs> including Anthony Mackie making bad career decisions. <laughs> and it's it is what it's it's a two thing. It's PlayStation's getting out. There. I don't know what what uh, IP they have left because they're just like everything. Everything is popular. Make a movie or, or a show out of it. Also, Amazon is just like buying up everything. I think. I mean we. We talked about it, I think, a couple months ago, but like when Wheel of Time took off, they're like, oh, wow, if we adapt things, it apparently is good for our, 
our you know our service and now they're just like fucking everything yeah. like fallout casted walton goggins they're just it's wild this is an explosion but what's how did what's your feeling on like literally every playstation ip being on your tv I'm uh I I understand it from a business perspective like yeah why not tap into another medium and another market where all of these people we have a built-in audience already let's adapt it and and tap into that and I love that pe- like people with a lot of money are getting involved and that it's, it's HBO and that it's Amazon Prime Video that that are getting involved Peacock whatever I'm sure they're spending a lot of money in order to make Twisted Metal on Peacock in order to make Peacock a legitimate thing but uh, I'm I'm glad that people are doing it. I think it's a great way to introduce other people to these IPs and get more people into the gaming world. And I will continue to be as excited for them as I am for most other video game adaptations. So not very excited. And I will go into them and I will watch them all knowing that they're probably going to be pretty bad. And hopefully I will be pleasantly surprised by a couple. God mm-hmm. of War, however, it seems- is very surprising. Oh, yeah, like God it's War, surprising God. to me that that one. Yeah. I feel like the, that's su- the scale. That's everything about God of War is about scale, and you you're climbing up giant titans, and you are fighting enormous like Hades crab or Poseidon crab water monsters and shit like that. And so that seems to me like something that's going to be very difficult to do in a live action, sh- um, a live action show on Prime Video without a ton of heavy like marvel level cg in it but if they go you know the new god of war route the 2018 god of war route it's a lot more grounded you're fighting a lot more like you know gorgons and things like that but so maybe maybe that's kind of what they're doing something a little bit more grounded i can get on board with that yeah i bet it i i don't think playstation is going to acknowledge what old god of war is they're like oh this new one that everyone likes and helped us sell all these playstations that's the one and that is just yeah it's a story about a uh, a father and a son and of course there's you know mythological stuff in it and all that but really it's just a story about a father and his son you know pedro pascal should probably play kratos because he's always the dad um pedro Pla- no and... no you can't no pedro pascal first he's of all always is, the dad he's already playing freaking joel in the last of us joel have him do kratos he can't be joel <laughs> and kratos second if they don't have christopher judge i mean christopher judge is a towering man he already did a perfect yeah uh, you know kratos obviously in the new game but he's a towering like intimidating man if they don't have him also do him in the show i don't well there's no reason kratos can't be black especially because his white skin is ash in the game like Mm -hmm. sure it could be a black man covered in ash i mean kratos is greek he's literally from greece so he would be like bronze like he's mediterranean like he's not he's not white he's not a white dude christopher judge is he like he's not Samoan? Is he just is he black? I mean, he's a very large and his jaw is very like set. He's a very intimidating looking dude, but yeah. I don't know where his lineage is from. Perfect. Um, um, he's Canadian. I Canadian. He's okay. Canadian. Um, Maybe part indigenous or something. Um, yeah. Either way, the God of War again. We don't have anything. No script. No nothing. They're just like, hey, we're gonna buy your rights, and then they have people yeah. running it. Again, people love the expanse. Wheel of Time did well for them, so it makes sense. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is the new like comic book movie. Because remember, you know, there's always been like Batman movies. Mm-hmm. And there were Superman movies back in the day. And then Marvel's like, all right, let's start with Iron Man and see what happens. Because, like, I mean, before Iron Man, there was like the David Hasselhoff, Captain America. Like, there's always been comic book movies. But 
they found a formula and it hit and then everyone you know not everyone but there was a lot of comic book movies after that like dc tried to do their whole thing marvel's made 40 movies um so i wonder if video games is like the new ip to like chase after yeah um, i mean because that's what that's what people want they're just like i need a thing to make a movie about and it seems like playstation's going all in on it i mean halo's got a tv show for god's sake yeah god i'm so pumped for that it's like what two weeks away now 25th that's right yeah march something yeah so freaking pumped huh. and i forgot about the mario movie coming this fall from yeah. yeah yeah the mario movie everyone's going in all in on it yeah Oh, Chris Pratt is Kratos. There we go. There we go. Yeah, let's get Chris Pratt in another thing that he can tank. I'm not a Chris Pratt fan. I was watching the... He makes money, though. He does. He makes money. He sells shit. He also, you know, could give or take the LGBTQ community with all of his contributions to that wonderful church that he's a part of. But he... Yeah. <laughs> he I was watching the Batman. We'll talk about this in a second. I was watching the Batman in theaters and there was a preview for jurassic world dominion um dominion yeah and i just went ugh. and my friend next to me just goes what it's got chris pratt and i was like yeah and he's gonna be the worst part of the movie again he's just not good he's not he found a very good niche as andy dwyer in parks and rec and he played that character perfectly and then he's just like he's the worst did you ever see the the magnificent seven remake with him and Denzel Washington. No, I've been meaning to. It's been on He's, my list forever. <laughs> first of all, the movie's the movie is fine at best, but he is atrocious mm-hmm. in it. He is terrible in that movie. Anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see him as Mario. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> I do like him as Star Lord. He got very buff. Uh, all right. So yeah, unless you have any other things. About I do that. have game Maybe on game show. The game happen. on our gaming show. Oh. We play a game called Game On. The gaming show on a game show. Game, 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 game. <gasps> Twist. In the middle of the show, kind of towards the beginning, up front in the show, what is this? I don't know how to. I don't know how to handle myself. Um, this is a segment. It's a new game called "Smush Me Into a Movie, Daddy." That's the name of this game. It's it's for Game on Game Show. I don't like any of that. <laughs> and here's the thing: there's a lot of properties we've we've explored from this t- first topic. There's a lot of properties that are now getting adaptations. And there's not a lot of money left to go around, Adam. These studios are tapped mm. out. So they have to re... And they, so they can't afford casting directors. They can't afford location scouting. They can't afford producers on this thing. So they have to reuse existing assets, casts, and scripts from a lot of other properties. <laughs> scripts! So what we have to do is I have three different games. And we have to find uh-huh. a movie or a TV show that we can retrofit to become a movie about that game or a TV show about that mm-hmm. game. So something that's close enough that we can just kind of take the existing cast, retool their character names, and just kind of tweak a couple of things about the plot to make it a movie about that game. Okay. We're going to start with one that's pretty grounded. Rainbow Six Siege. Mm-hmm. All right, military. You know what? Yeah. Just because I love the cast so much, we're gonna take like 2006's SWAT, starring Samuel L. Jackson. Ooh, did that have? And you um, know what? They're not SWAT now. They're Rainbow Six. Did that have a uh, Josh Hartnett? Is that who was in that movie? Josh Duhamel. Oh, Josh Duhamel. Josh Duhamel. Josh Duhamel. Double check it. Somebody else besides Samuel Jackson is famous in that movie, and it's just a movie about cops 
that are on the SWAT team, so they do tactical stuff. And I think someone like tries to steal a plane and money or Whoa. something at the end. Hold on. Who's in the cast? 2003 I mean, wild, SWAT. Colin Farrell, who's most recently oh, okay. the Penguin and the Batman. Jeremy Renner. Michelle Rodriguez. Ooh. LL Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies love Cool J. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> and Samuel Jackson, huh? And Samuel L. Jackson. He was not in Google's first, like, eight actors, but if you click through the IMDb page, then he is the first one listed on yeah, IMDb. He's, like, the last. Yeah, he's, like, featured. That's so wild. He's, um, he is literally, like, the IMDb page. He is f- top billing on that page. Mm-hmm. And also on the poster. But Google yeah. says, fuck, no. Look. Yeah, look at that. Perfect. That was, that's What's great. What's the plot of that movie? Just read... Okay, I'll read the plot. plot. I think it's something about them stealing a stealing a. <laughs> An imprisoned <laughs> drug kingpin offers a huge cash reward to anyone that can break him out of police custody, and only the LAPD's special weapons and tactics team team can prevent it. Yep, just Rainbow Six dudes now stopping a dude trying to break out. I'm gonna same movie. I'm gonna go a little curveball here. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say Ocean's Eleven, mm. and we're gonna take. You know, Rainbow Six Siege, it's two teams of five, one defending something, a hostage, a vault, a casino mm-hmm. vault. Maybe there's something in the vault too, a terrorist weapon, whatever. And then there's you know, a five-person yeah. team trying to break in or steal or rescue or whatever it is. <clears throat> what if we just see George Clooney putting together a team and we can edit out, you know, all the tertiary characters, like the other six of the 11. We don't have to ever see them on screen. So <laughs> Just digitally remove Bernie Mac. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, recipes, Bernie Mac. So, yeah, if we, if we choose to keep Bernie Mac in there, we have to go with whatever he's already said. Because we obviously can't get him to record any new lines. Yeah. yeah. Or call anyone else. That's by I think that makes him be better. <laughs> if he's just randomly shouting at characters we haven't established yet or saying things that are completely unrelated to the rest of it so yeah if we if we find a way to use those characters and just repurpose them as as rainbow six siege and then on the flip side of it the hotel guy whose mm-hmm. name i forget he's putting together his like security officers to defend the casino, whatever, you know, we're just going to repurpose yeah. that whole setup, those locations for rainbow six. Siege mm, movie. I just have its siege. Even those, the security dudes are probably unnamed in the script. It's like, Oh, Dan <laughs> yeah. security guy. It's like, well now you're a main player, Dan. Yep. And we can, <laughs> we, we can just CGI like uh, a drone into his hands in a shot where he was holding a gun. Yeah. You know, ET style just where we just replace guns with flashlights. And then we can say, Hey, you're the yeah, guy yeah. who controls drones in the game. <clears throat> Absolutely. I like that. Uh, seems like the defending team is going to be a little uh, underdeveloped compared to the attacking team, but I think the movie will work just fine. All right, we have two more. This one I'm going to put a restriction on. Mm-hmm. The game is Crazy Taxi. We are not allowed to use the movie Taxi with Queen Latifah mm-hmm. and What's His Butt from SNL. And we're also not okay. allowed to use the movie Taxi Driver with robert de niro okay i mean i'm glad you didn't say the thing that was in my head it's the the tom cruise fucking jamie fox movie where jamie fox days is his driver and tom cruise oh. is like a spy or something no not days of thunder <laughs> uh Dale type in type in tom cruise jamie fox <laughs> oh god Dale <laughs> back. tom cruise jamie it's tom cruise fox. it's like very early in his career 
Collateral. Early before he became Collateral. Collateral is a 2004 American neo-noir action thriller directed and produced by Michael Mann from a script by Stuart Beatty, starring Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. It's got Jada Pinkett Smith, Mark Ruffalo, Javier Mm. Bardem. Ooh. How do these movies have these casts? How does every old movie you look at have a crazy cast, but like no one remembers them? Right? But yeah, I think he was like a Jamie Foxx is a driver, and I think Tom Cruise is either a spy or a hitman, and he's driving him around. He's like, "Oh, do this shit! I gotta kill these people!" And he's like, "Oh my god, I'm just a taxi driver, crazy taxi, <laughs> <laughs> crazy taxi." It's literally it's the same taxi. movie, but we just have Tom Cruise say the words "crazy taxi" in the middle of it. It's a crazy taxi. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> this taxi is crazy. <laughs> Oh my! And he has to he has to spike the camera at the same time. He has to go like, "Man, this taxi is crazy!" <laughs> Stare directly <laughs> into the lens. I love it. Oh my god! Great. And it's like sixty year old Tom Cruise. It's not two thousand four Tom Cruise. <gasps> Hold on! Hold on! What's up? Before the trio of Man, Cruise, and Fox joined the film. Mimi later, Genus, whatever Fernando Miera were all considered as director. Russell Crowe and Adam Sandler were in talks to star as Vincent and Max, respectively. What if that was a Sandler like movie? Oh, my God. That's really crazy to eight crazy taxis. <laughs> eight crazy taxis. <laughs> All right, we can't top that. We're going to move to the last one. Pac-Man. Yeah. How do we take an existing property, a movie, or TV show and make it Pac-Man? This one's going to be a challenge. I've got it. So this one will require only changing the CG mm. of okay. of whatever. So we're either going to take uh, like a Lake Placid, a crawl, one of those Ooh. horror movies where people were being Giant hunted crocodiles. by monsters or animals or yep. whatever. And it's just, it's a Pac-Man. So like in crawl, when she's in the basement, it's flooding and the croc comes to bite her leg. It's just a pack a pack a pack a pack Bites the shit out of her and blood goes everywhere. I think that I think that works perfectly fine. And here's what we can do: we can take everyone else in the movie, and we can just like we can throw a line in there and be like, "They were dead the whole time." Everyone else is Bruce Willis. Oh God, is there a mm. is there a monster movie where Bruce Willis is in it? Let's see. I mean, he made seven movies last year. So he <laughs> <Yeah>, did. <laughs> Bruce Willis monster movie. Let's see. Breach. Split. I mean, I I'm kind of. I guess split. Um, survive the night. I don't think Google mm. knows what monsters are. Hold on. This is survive the night. Like, oh, what do we got? Breach is one of the 2020 films that he was in. One of several 2020 films. <laughs> also titled yes. Anti Life. Is a 2020 American mm. science fiction action horror film. Science fiction action horror film directed by John Sweets, starring Bruce Willis, Johnny Messner, Thomas Jane, Rachel Nichols, blah, 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 blah. Show me the monster. This is the first thing that pops up when I search monster. Yeah. Earth is suffering an extinction-level event. Could it be Pac-Man? And 300,000 survivors are selected to board a spaceship called the Ark. (gasps) Is Pac-Man flying behind them, going to eat the spaceship, and they have to get away from him? Which will take them to a new colony called New Earth. Very creative. Noah stows away on board, <laughs> impersonating a junior janitor, while his pregnant girlfriend Haley is put into stasis as a passenger. Where's the monster? 
I'm sure there's aliens on the planet that they reach. Or something. But again, keep yeah. all this plot of Earth is dying, I'm sneaking on the spaceship, and then they get to the planet and Pac-Man's there. <laughs> <laughs> just gobbling up people as they're okay so it seems to me that this is a there's a a killer on board there's someone sabotaging it oh, okay blue turns on mm -hmm. ortega killing her uh so someone on board and pac-man's just following behind as they like get thrown into space or taken eject, uh, eject mm -hmm. into a little rescue pod pac-man's just gobbling it all up behind us eating whatever this shit so pac-man is just a tertiary it's just a thing that's there he's not a main character or a main antagonist it's just a thing that's there yeah i mean yeah. it makes sense for a pac-man film oh noah and Haley reach new earth but as they emerge spoilers for 2020's bruce willis movie breach also called anti-life noah and Haley reach new earth but as they emerge from the escape pod noah spots another human who turns out to be infected and in the distance a huge monster is attacked by a jet fighter as the film ends, Noah raises his gun and utters, burn them all. So that can be, you know, they land on it. The they last three seconds of the movie. was following the whole time. And we just see Pac-Man coming up over the horizon going, waka, 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 waka. <laughs> Great. I think this movie will do terrible. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that was fun. That was a good time. That was a very good time. That's it for Game Speaking on Game of Show. Good times. And only the beginning of our episode. I, it's wild. Uh, speaking of good times, we're going to talk about playtime. I got you for three minutes, says Racho, Macho Man Randy Savage on Spider-Man 1. Chad, <laughs> what have you been playing <laughs> over the last however much time has passed? Oh, let's start by talking about The Batman. I was mm. playing this movie so hard while watching it. And it was, I, here's, I'm going to be honest with you. Here's the truth. I just went to San Francisco to see this on the ginormous IMAX screen there, as I do for most, you know, big budget films, usually that are filmed in IMAX. And not worth seeing it in IMAX. Go see it in Dolby. If you can yeah. see it at AMC Dolby, that's going to be the real experience, especially with the score in this movie. Oh, my God. Oh, it was, it was so incredible. It was, it's my favorite Batman movie. And part of it is because mm -hmm. of just how freaking badass, and I wrote bat-ass here. Wink, I see it. Wink. Just how bad at, bat ass Batman was the whole time. I don't give a fuck about Bruce Wayne, but Batman, ho 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 ho, and that score, Michael Giacchino, get it, boo, get it. Yeah, I also saw the Batman. I don't want to spoil it much stuff, but yeah, it's very good. I think, I mean, for me, it's definitely number two. Could be number one, I guess, depending on my mood. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. I like. I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but based the kind of movie it is, mm -hmm. the the movie genre you would say it is. I'm like, oh yes, I like this for Batman very much. Very yes. cool. Every actor in it is fucking great. Yep. Everybody, even the the dude at the end, you're like, oh, he's a he's a big guy, isn't he? And it's like, oh man, this guy's great. I'm shocked that this character is here being super awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah, movie's great. Go see it in Dolby. It is awesome, and all the sounds are very good. Remember yeah. that. Uh, that part where that uh, that thing turns on for the first time, and I fucking came. It <gasps> yes. was fucking awesome. Oh my god! I was sitting there in my seat. I was like, <gasps> it was it was so badass. Everything about that yeah, movie. Very, very there were so many moments too of just like the combat and just watching Batman fight. Just oh my god! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Who knew that we could get a continually like ever improving series of Batman movies in like. 
we already had the Nolan trilogy, which was like a really, really great trilogy of films. And now it just keeps getting better. Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, but I also played this week, as as most people can guess, we know that the, the Witch Queen expansion came out for Destiny 2. And that's where I've been spending most of my quality time in life. Uh, on Saturday, the new raid dropped. And um, this is the very first time that we are going in. It's called Vow of the Disciple. This is the very first time that our group of people is going into a raid trying to figure it out ourselves. Hmm. Okay. I mean, aside from the very first raid we ever attempted with Holden and Cozy and just a random mishmash full of people, and we're like, what's a raid? I don't know. Let's go in and see if we can figure out the puzzles. And we immediately wanted to die. But now we've got, yeah. you know, a thousand hours of destiny under our belt. We kind of feel like we have an idea of what kind of puzzles and mechanics. So we went in, we all took off work and all this kind of stuff on Saturday trying to figure out this this encounter. And I was I was like so surprised. I was I guess yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised. We're we have fun, but like sometimes there are some things that stump us as a group and it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, that's just our group. But then we went in there and we consistently made progress on figuring out these things. It was so fun to run in there and be like, how the fuck does this thing work? What are all these things on the walls? We get into this room, we're like, what does this switch do? I don't know. Oh, turns out it kills everyone. What does this do? I don't know. These doors are open. Go in there. I'm dead now. Cool. Awesome. And like, just figuring all this shit out because that's the idea of these raids is that like, it's a race to see who can fit, solve all the puzzles, kill everything first and, and get through it. Uh, and so Destiny has these things start. We obviously weren't going to be world's first because we got started maybe an hour before the world's first team beat it. Got beaten seven hours. Before they finished, yeah. Yep. But we decided we were just going to go in and have fun with it. And here's the other thing. In order to give everyone an equal playing field right off the bat, the Batman badass right off the Batman, mm. um, they make certain things not usable in the raid so there were certain weapons that they knew were going to be overpowered They're like hey you can't weapons. use this weapon gotcha. um they also cap everyone's power level at 20 below what it's supposed to be for the raid so it's purposely going to be a challenge and everyone's mm -hmm. going to be that same level of challenge it's called contest mode because it's the contest is gotcha. the world's first usually that's the first 24 hours and so we were like cool we'll struggle a little bit on saturday we'll figure out how things work and then things will get significantly easier on sunday and because everyone was trying to log on and there were server issues and some people couldn't even get on right away they extended contest mode an additional 24 hours which oh, means boy. right after this podcast will be our first experience not on contest mode not on hard mode, yeah. Yeah. So we got through. I've, I have, I have, as of last night, spoiled the rest of the raid for myself. As I just got curious, mm -hmm. but we did one and a half, one and like two thirds encounters out of four that are there, and we, we as a group figured out all the puzzles. We got really good at communicating. There are like one of the one of the downfalls about not having like actual resources and guides to doing this thing is that you start to make shit up and terminologies yourself so like we ran in there mm -hmm. and there's a ton of different symbols that you see all over the place and you need to call them out and we figured out uh, like oh i need to be able to tell you what i'm looking at and so we just like uh, we came up with our own terminology for lack of any other so like we were calling out, all right pumpkin nose uh rainbow pussy uh <laughs> <laughs> and you need to shoot uh witch queen logo you need to shoot and so it was just like 
we get down there and it's just so funny. I wish that there were people who had no idea what was going on that were just listening in, hearing us in all seriousness be like, like hearing Audrey be like, all right, what pussy do I need to shoot? You need to shoot dark pussy. Shoot dark pussy. Okay, got it. All right, I'm going down there into crying blood. In crying blood room, is it rainbow pussy? It's yes, it's rainbow pussy and crying blood. Okay, awesome. It's like... <laughs> I wish people could hear us talking with no context. Oh, man. You sound crazy. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't beat even a single encounter the first night after playing it for several hours. And then we came back last night on Sunday, and we uh, beat that first encounter within about an hour. That was really thrilling. Mm. It was awesome. And then we got to the second encounter, and we spent probably like five hours again last night just figuring out the mechanics. This is the don't disrupt the caretaker mission that we're on mm, right now. Okay. So, yeah, figuring out the mechanics, figuring out roles and who needs to be going and doing what and shooting what doors and stunning people how do we do enough damage during damage phase because it's an automatic wipe if you don't kill it by the end of the thing so uh, it's a ton of fun for me it's stressful for for sure for a lot of people but i had fun because i felt like we were constantly making progress and that's what i was most surprised at it's like every turn every 10 minutes i feel like we were figuring out something new we were getting smoother faster tighter um so that was really exciting but the reset comes tomorrow morning and so we have to make, and, and all progress is reset. So I looked up the rest of it. And if we have any chance of beating it now, not on contest mode, I feel like we have to just know what we're doing going in. So you got to just do it done. Yeah. Just got to do it. Otherwise I'm sure we'll be playing it several more times over the, na of the next few weeks. So I'm going to do that anyways. Super fun. Yep. Yeah. We're going to do it no matter what. So yeah, exactly. Awesome. Love to hear it. I'm glad it all worked out. And it wasn't it the same team who beat the last raid the first time, the same one who did it this time again? Oh my gosh, yeah. So the the world's first, they beat it in seven hours and nine minutes or something like that. And they were the same one that beat Vault of Glass when it came out last year. And world's mm. second lost this round by th like three minutes. They, they lost by mm. three minutes. And they were also second place during Vault of Glass last time as well. So that I'm sure they were just like, God, oh, or they were so frustrated every time yeah all right uh as for me i finished up horizon because hey guess what in the podcast feeder on youtube look up raf reviews for horizon forbidden west there's, my a, buddy jake, there's a review out there there is a review out there uh i had jake come along jake from isle of misfit rolls and we talked about horizon uh we hadn't finished the game fully i've gotten a good i was like over halfway through it on myself. But we, no, no crazy spoilers. It's just a little bit about equipment. You guys can go listen to that now. That's up everywhere. So that was a good time. I don't know when I'll get back to that and finish it. Maybe. See, the problem is, is that I lost one of my power cords, right? So if I want to switch systems, because they have the same power cord, oh, right? Oh, gotcha. Okay. The Xbox yeah. and the PlayStation. So I have to physically pull it out of one and put in the other one. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So once the Xbox is plugged in, it stays plugged in for a week. If I plug in the PlayStation, it stays plugged in for a week. I don't go back yeah, and forth because yeah. <laughs> I can't find the other power cord. So I'm like, fuck it. So right now the Xbox is plugged in, so we'll see whenever I get back to Horizon. But, but the benefit of, of the Xbox the is that even with, what is it? What's the quick resume? With quick resume, you can even unplug mm -hmm. your Xbox and come back to it a week later and It'll you're still, still saved. It is very cool. Um, and then the other thing <laughs> I played, I, I don't know why I got it, but I got Elden Ring. Um, wasn't expecting to. I went to GameStop and there was a crazy good deal, and I got the game for like twenty five bucks. I was like, sure, I guess Shit. we'll see how quickly I hate this. Um, I bought that last Wednesday, 
And now I am 23 hours in, and I have <gasps> completely cleared the first two zones. Yes, Adam! Three zones. Well, two and a half God zones, I suppose. I beat the dude in the castle. I beat both dudes in the castle. I completely cleared Limgrave and the part to the south, and then the place that's a mile underneath the map cleared all that shit out. So then I took a break. I love it. I got it. past it. I was like, I played too much of this. And you're not, you're, right. you're not traditionally like a, a Soulsborne person, right? Yes, I am. Oh, you are? I like gotcha. Soulsborne games. I hate Dark Souls specifically. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's what it was. So, Bloodborne, cool. Sekiro, cool. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, cool. Uh, what's the other one? The Surge? Like it. Oh, I like yeah, that kind great. of game. Um, <clears throat> but specifically Dark Souls, it always is obtuse as fuck. Nobody knows the story. And it's fucking slow. And this game has all those exact same problems. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I do enjoy it, though. That's, I do enjoy this one more than Dark Souls. I think being in an open world and like taking it at a slower pace helps a lot if you want to compared to like, oh, well, I'm in this level. So I just have to keep doing this in Farming Souls because I literally can't do anything else. So that helps. But people are like 10 out of 10, one of the best games ever made. I'm like, mm, not for me, because, again, all those problems. It's still obtuse as fuck. Yeah. Um, I, so I like that it's the open <clears throat> world, which is cool, but I got about five hours in and I was just playing it normal. I looked up a video that's like first things to do. So I kind of like wasn't completely lost. And then I got to a point where, cause there's, you know, there's stuff scattered all throughout the world and the game doesn't like put markers like, Oh, go check out this. Da, 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 da. Everyone's like, Oh, you get explored. So great. Which is cool. Except for when I'm playing for 45 minutes and don't know where anything is because it's obtuse as shit. You have no fucking clue where stuff would be at. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. I got a map and I'm just like, went on the map that's online and just like, all right, here, 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 here. Cause there's things like there are multiple like mini dungeons that are, there's this really long riverbed in Lingrave, which is the opening area. And it's like split in the middle cause there's like a rock fall. So you can't get to both sides. There are three dungeons in there, which you can't see from the surface of the riverbed cause it's like, 80 feet up, so you can't even see to know that there's things down there. There's only one or two ways down there. And then even when you get down there, it's hidden off in a corner. So I'm like, I like the idea that you have to explore, but no NPC will tell you. You don't have a quest log. You just have to somehow know 300 feet back in the back of this riverbed in a place I would never look and I can't see from above, there's a dungeon. And that's the shit I'm like, fucking how? Literally, if you played this game without having the internet, you would never beat this game. Yeah. It's literally impossible. Because <laughs> there's dumb bullshit. That's my, always my problem with Dark Souls. It's just like, how would you know this? You wouldn't know this stuff. And that stuff is still in the game. So, again, I know people are saying 10 out of 10, their favorite game of all time. I'm like, no, it's good. I like playing when I can play. But when I have to run around and try to figure bullshit out, I was like, no, this is awful. So I just went straight to a map and I'm just following the map now. Because it is... I don't know how people do it naturally. They don't. They get online and everyone yeah. talks about it. That's what it is. Everyone comes to work and they say, oh my God, I found this cool thing in the forest. And if you go here and hug this girl, you get an STD or whatever is going around right now on the internet. Yeah. But like, yeah. That's the thing where I'm like, yes, I do enjoy the game. It's fun when you get to do stuff, but it's, it's so that obtuseness, none of that shit changes. Um, the speed I'm doing, I'm playing a light character, so. I don't have the fat rolls or whatever, but I'm like, yeah, I see the stuff people like. Because like when you fight like a boss, you're like, oh man, I'm go after this fucking dragon. It's fucking awesome to fight that dragon. But again, trying to find the dragon sometimes is bullshit. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to know that underneath this rock to the left, if I hit this tree, 
then I can drop down. It's like fucking what? No, no, this is not how yeah. game design works. But <laughs> whatever, I do. I do enjoy it. We'll see how much more I get into it. But I mean, I have. I can't talk too much shit. I've played twenty three hours and beaten everything in the first two zones. So I'm excited to eventually get to that we'll one see. day in the future, maybe sometime. I I honestly yeah, do really want to play it, but man, God, so much shit to play. Horizon. There's a lot. Jeez. Destiny. Too much. You'll just be playing that for months. But yeah. anyways, yeah, Elden Ring, I mean, you're going to know if you like it. I think it's a little more approachable, but it's still fucking Dark Souls, hard bullshit, whatever, yeah. made up. Oh, the goblin jumped from behind me? Yeah, I was supposed to know that happened. Okay, anyways. Uh, so, <laughs> speaking of Elden Ring, moving to our quest log. Look at this. Elden Ring is a big deal. From Jordan Midler at VGC. I know. Elden Ring is now Steam's sixth biggest game ever in terms of concurrent players, according to data tracked by SteamDB. Uh, the RPG, which achieved incredible reviews when it launched last month, has seen over 950,000 players concurrently playing the game, beating titles such as Valheim, Fallout 4, and Grand Theft Auto V. The only games to beat this number are PUBG at over 3 million players, Lost Ark at 1.3 million, Counter-Strike 1.3, Dota 2 1.3, basically 1.3 and cyberpunk at one, 1 million players. So this is already, and again, concurrence means at the exact same time. Yeah. So more than 950,000 people have the game on steam, but that's just at one time, almost a million people were playing. Um, at launched, uh, this is from VGC at launch, we reported Elden Ring achieved over uh, 764,000 current players, which was nearly six times as many as dark souls three ever achieved. Wow. Um, I believe that number is actually now up to eight times more than Dark Souls 3, which Dark Souls 3 was the previously best-selling game Holy the, shit. From, from software. Uh, so, yeah, eight times more than that game. Uh, however, reception to Elden Ring hasn't been as strong as the re reaction from critics. Um, a lot of PC people are like, yo, this game fucking doesn't run. Like, I have the best machine ever, and like, it fucking doesn't run worth shit. Um, but, again, reviewed very well from critics, so... I guess keep that in mind. I actually haven't had any issues. I bought it on Xbox because that's the one that reported the least amount of issues. I was like, sure, I'll just get it on Xbox. Um, but there's been a lot of patches to apparently fix things. So Elden Ring, big deal. Huge deal. Actually, from software's biggest game, I think, no doubt. What do you think it is? Is it just like, probably not James, I mean James, George R.R. R. Martin, Right, like he's like, what is it about Elden Ring? Just like all the good trailers that we've seen so far. Like, why this and not Sekiro or Bloodborne or Dark Souls Three? Mm -hmm. I think it's just again we continue to get. I don't want to take talk too much smack because I understand why people like Dark Souls, but it's gaming press fucking loves Dark Souls. Well, the people in gaming press who love Dark Souls never shut the fuck up about Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, again, that's why you see the reviews are good, because who wants to review a Dark Souls game besides people who fucking love Dark Souls? Again, I do yeah. think it's a good game, so I don't, I'm not really mad at the reviews, but who else is going to talk about it? The people who fucking love it. Um, I think Dark that, Souls is, again, is the winning. CrossFit of the, of the video game industry. Yeah, people don't it, shut absolutely. Up about CrossFit yeah. Jesus over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, I think George R. R. Martin is a, is a big deal, because, again, I don't know what the fuck the story is, but his name's attached to it, so I'm sure people are like, that seems cool, I guess. Um you know, and kind of had a big thing on Twitter or, you know, social media. And then it getting Game of the Year, uh, most anticipated at Game Awards multiple times in a row. I just think that there's enough hype 
and enough people talking about it this time that people like really got into it. Yeah. And also, you know, it's the beginning part of the year. Maybe there wasn't a lot to play. If you didn't have a PS5 and you weren't playing Horizon, like what else were you going to do? I mean, Destiny, but outside of the Destiny people, like what are you going to do? So I think everything just hit at the right time and people were excited and uh, everything lined up for everybody. That's what I think. So good for FromSoft. Again, Dark Souls 3 did sell like 10 million copies. Yeah. So that was the most successful one by far because I think the next one was like 3 million or something. So they just, as of late, have seemed to do pretty good. I suppose. Um, you know what? Time for a segment from Adam. <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> Surprise! What? You weren't expecting it. Nope. And you know what I'm going to do today for my segment? What? What are we it's doing? It's a little bit of the game show on game show on the game <gasps> show. We're game on our game show. Game, 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 game. Chad, oh. you got to do a game now. Okay. 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 I had my boy uh, Trevor. I hit mm-hmm. up Trevor. I was like, hey, I got a fun thing to do for Chad today. I also hit up some of my friends over at Isle of Misfit Rolls, specifically Jake. We're going to play D&D or Elden Ring. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to give you names of creatures and items and things that are... In Elden Ring or D&D, and you have to guess which one it is, because it's fucking it. nonsense. I, and I want it. you to answer what the fantasy nonsense is. I'm going to roll the dice, okay. so I know I'm not, so I don't have a specific order. I'm just going to roll, and then I'm going to say it. All okay. right. So, number one, what is a bat? Oh, you can ask me any follow-up questions, like, okay. is this a creature, is this an item? That's basically all I can give you. Okay. Uh, a basilisk. Oh, basilisk. What is a basilisk from? Basilisk, is it from aside D&D from or being Elden Ring? in the Chamber of Secrets. Or, and... excuse me, Dark Dark Souls stuff. It doesn't necessarily be Elden okay. Ring. Gotcha. It can so be Dark Souls, Souls series of okay. stuff. Yes, so basilisk. We all know that it originated in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, and that's where, you know, they use the basilisk fang <laughs> in order to eventually banish the Horcrux. Uh-huh. Um, but, outside of the Harry Potter universe, it also is i feel like it's, it's an old like folklore type thing too right like it's old shit so i'm gonna say D D. D. i'm feeling pretty confident D. so this is the only one that is dirty because it's in both <gasps> dirty that dirty little slut yeah, basilisk. Yeah, yeah that's the only one after this point everything should only be in one or the other okay if i miss something fucking it's a lot of fucking fantasy words but after Basilis, yes, everything should be in one or the other. Let me roll and see what we get here. Um, all right. I'm going to ask. You can ask me, instead of me telling you, ask me if you either want to guess an item or a creature. Ooh, okay. Okay. So you tell me. Do you want an item or creature? And I will tell you one of them based on what I just rolled. So let's, let's go for an item. Let's want? go for an item. That's something that I feel like I know least. All right. Kirk Hammer. Ooh, Kirkhammer was my jam in Bloodborne, so I know that that is a Souls thing. Mm, you play Bloodborne. All yeah, right, that was all that right, big right. ass hammer it, it. with the like the tiny yeah. fast sword that comes out of it too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me do another one. Okay. Uh, item or uh, creature? Let's do another item. Um. Let's see. Bone seed. Bone seed. Well, that's what I bone call my spunk seed. after I JoJo. <laughs> my bone seed. <laughs> but um, in these universes, a bone seed. And again, I'm rolling, so there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah, I can, yeah. If it ends up being souls five times in a row, then to me, it's souls five times in a row. Here's what I'm. I'm gonna say, bone seed to me. I mean, I imagine it's like a. It's an actual seed 
maybe made of bone. I'm thinking maybe like a little, like a face hugger alien egg. You put that in the ground and mm-hmm. a skeleton comes up. So that sounds very D&D to me, like a, a necromancy type thing. So I'm going to say D&D. Okay. Bone seed is from D&D. Yes. The tiny bone fragment that when you plant it in the ground, it turns into a giant tree made of bones. Oh, I was so close. If the tree was a skeleton. Well, I guess it is a, it is a tree skeleton. Yeah. A skeleton tree. That's a tree skeleton. Absolutely. All right. Um, uh, item or creature? Creature, please. Creature. Uh, let's see. Earthbreaker Groon. Earthbreak Groon? Earthbreaker Groon. Earthbreaker Groon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... All right, so Earth... Very like, all right, it's, it is like of the soil. It's Earth. Groon is German for green. So I imagine that it's like this, like this creature that just like comes up as part of a hill or something like that as you walk over a thing in Elden Ring. And this like what once was a mountain is actually a titan that you're going to fight. So I'm going to say it is a souls type monster creature. It is a D&D creature. Ugh. Pick. Like, and I'm sure there's something similar in Souls, but specifically yeah. Earthbaker Groon. I'm going to double check because that's one I've never actually seen. Uh, Jake sent it to me, but I trust him implicitly because he is a DM. What does this motherfucker look like? Oh, yeah. Earthbaker Groon is a character from Critical Role. Oh. So he is a dude that appears in Critical Role. A human monk. Uh, which nope, is a D&D. completely different than what I thought. <laughs> Not a human. <laughs> Not a mountain. <laughs> Not a human at all. Uh, all right. Uh, creature or item? Uh, let's do another creature. Uh, let's see. Ba-ba-ba-ba. How about a displacer beast? Displacer beast. beast. Mm-hmm. Ooh, displacer beast. That seems like... That seems like something like displacing you in space or time and it's a little magical. And I feel like that is more D&D universe than Souls universe. I feel like there's not a lot of things that do magical shit. So I'm going to say D&D. Mm-hmm. It is a D&D creature. Hell it's yeah. like a giant mm. panther that like moves itself around like time and space. It's fucking it jumps all over the place. Dope. Uh, all right. Creature or item? Item, please. Sword of Night and Fire. Night as in like night in shining armor or night as the in night like time. the night sky. Okay. Night so time. I, sword of Night and Fire is what you said? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That sounds like, it sounds so simple. So I'm, and I feel like everything in Dark Souls and the Souls universe is like so convoluted and for no reason. So I'm going to say it's D&D. That one is from the Souls universe. Oh, balls. Yeah, they get you. Yep. Oh, let's see. I'm just going to start telling you these instead of you asking for them. Okay. Uh, Armor of Agathus. Agathus? Armor of Agathus? Agathus. This is... Um, what they call plot armor in Agatha Christie movies, <laughs> Death on the Nile. Oh, yep, those, yep, that's her. Um, this is this is what that was named after. Um, and this is 
I feel, I feel like there's like a witch somewhere in the Souls universe named Agatha. So I'm going to say you, they get this armor from her. So this is a Souls thing. It's a D&D thing. Balls, Adam. This is, a, this is a spell you cast that gives yourself ice armor. Oh. Uh, I'm going to do one more. <laughs> I, I, some, do you know what the Cleric Beast is? Of course you know what the Cleric oh, Beast is. Yeah, you I played Cleric Lordborn. Beast. I can't do that. Um, okay. Ooh, which one of these do I want to do? Not the Brave. Not the Brave? Mm-hmm. Not like like go on a boat and tie a ship knot. I don't know why that's where I'm going to double check the spelling on it. Okay. But it is not the brave. Damn. Okay. 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 Let me just double check. Uh, Yes, it is. It's N-O-T-T. N-O-T-T. Okay. Yes. This is. There, okay. So there are like there are creatures in Bloodborne Souls universe. Mm-hmm. And then there are also like NPCs. And I feel like if this was in the Souls universe, it would be like an NPC. Not the Brave just sounds like an NPC that would like assist you in something, or you could accidentally kill them and never get access to any spells ever. But I do feel like it's like one of those typical companions that you see in a lot of D&D stuff too. So I I think it more fits the D&D universe. And final answer, D&D? Yes. You're yes. correct. Not the Brave is a character played in Critical Role Season 2 by one of the main players. Nice. By the way, I mean, some some of these things in here are fucking nonsense. Do you know what the Hand of Vecna is? Could you guess that one? Hand you know, of like, this Vecna. shit is wild. I feel like that's an item yeah. you can use in a Souls game that, like, I don't know. D&D. Gives you- oh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I just look for shit that sounded dumb as fuck. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. Like an onion knight. That's something in Souls, apparently. Onion knight. Isn't that that's also like the the protagonist in like Final Fantasy one or two or something like that too is onion knight. I don't play Final Fantasy, I'm not a nerd. Anyways, <laughs> that's it for Adam's segment. That's all I got for you this week. Good stuff. Dark Souls or D D. It's all nonsense. Uh <laughs> all right. Moving on to our next topic, whatever this is. Story. Story. Um, PS exclusive. Forsaken has been delayed. Oh no. Oh no. All right. Uh it's just Joe Scrubbles at IGN.com. Developer Luminous Productions has delayed open world action RPG from Forspoken from May 25th to October 11th. And I'm gonna read you what the what do they say? The Twitter. What they said on Twitter. This is a message from the Twitter. Forspoken development team. We've made the decision to move the release date of Forspoken to October 11th, 2022. Our vision for this new exciting, uh, exciting new IP is to deliver a game world and hero that gamers across the globe will want to experience for years to come. So getting it right is extremely important to us. To that end, during the next few months, we will focus all our efforts in polishing the game. It can't wait for you to experience phrase journey this fall. Thank you for your understanding and continued support. Look forward to sharing more about Forspoken with you. So that big PS exclusive game that was supposed to come out didn't have a date. Gave us a date in December. And now it is delayed to the end of the year. So, again, I'll just say really quickly, uh, you know, take time to make the game. But every time they showed this game, I've gotten less and less excited. And yeah. I don't know if this delay helps with those feelings. They, it is so important with a new IP to make sure that you show up strong your very first 
like like your debut title. So like I get I, like take all the time you need. Make sure that this one really counts because there's a little bit of forgiveness when like oh a bad Gears of War game comes out. It's like that's yeah, okay. I'll still stick with the series because I have fond memories of one, two, or three or whatever it might be. But like when uh, when it's something new, you got to make sure you land it. So yeah, it's important stick the landing on October 11th. No one is going to say, oh God, but I was really looking forward to playing this because I cared so much about the franchise already. Like no one gives a shit about Forspoken yet. Now let's yeah. make sure they will. I agree. Yeah. Take your time. Make it good. Please make it good. So I can be interested in your video game. Yeah. Uh, Housemark is working on something brand new. Oh, Jordan Ramey at GameSpot. Uh, developer Housemark is working on its next game, an unannounced new IP following 2021's Returnal. Uh, quote, it's early days, uh, it's early days with us starting a new game, a new IP, concept, concepting it out. Housemark managing director, Iari Katunin. Nailed it, I think. <laughs> uh, yep. Said at the Dice Awards, uh, according to Venture Beat. We'll see what comes with that. Uh, whatever Housemark is working on next will likely be console exclusive to PlayStation, seeing as PlayStation acquired Housemark in June of 2021. So, Housemark said, yeah, something new, really early, brand new IP, no mention of Returnal whatsoever. Maybe no Returnal 2, maybe just straight to something new from Housemark. Hmm? Dope. I don't know how many people finished Housemark. I haven't, I mean, not Housemark, Returnal. I haven't yet. But from my understanding, like, I, I don't feel like it's something that you could add I feel like it's a standalone thing. Like, it's not like, oh, let's get a couple mm -hmm. extra biomes, this DLC, or let's get a sequel to it where she is fucking stuck in another loop of shit. It's like, no, I, I think she's tired and she's ready to stay home now. So, <laughs> returned again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with this being a new uh, IP. And everything they do is always new. Like, they, they don't really do sequels. Um, so, I feel like that's really exciting for them. I wonder, I wonder mm -hmm. how that is, like, internally at the game. Like, there's the one hand where it's like, man, this is really cool, and I, I love being able to work on something new all the time. But then also, like, God, I wish we had a chance to just, like, perfect anything and just, like, do a mm -hmm. couple games in the series to really just make it perfect. But I bet it's more fun doing new things. Yeah, and it's still going to be an arcade shooter, regardless. Yep. I mean, Returnal's a arcade shooter, just in 3D. So I'm sure they'll continue that. Um, funny thing, though, remember bringing this up, uh... Before Game Awards, we had a story about them. Housemark tweeted out a screenshot of like a blue rock or whatever it was. Um, oh, yeah. And we're like, oh, we're something at Game Awards. And nothing ever came with that. So it's like, are we getting Returnal DLC? What the fuck was that blue rock about? Um, I mean, they're making a new IP. It sounds like not Returnal 2. So I just don't know what that tweet was about, you know, three That's months ago. Right. I'm it's looking weird. at it right now. And yeah, it's just this blue ass rock. Nothing came of that. Ass rock. Hmm, my favorite kinds of rocks. Uh, <laughs> oh, were they? Okay, so they did put, so Housemark's tweet from November 26th, it is a blue-ass rock, and they also did hashtag Returnal. Yeah, but what is what that? What the fuck? What is that rock? Yeah. Hmm, interesting. They said they're doing something new. Um, a bunch of Resident Evil games are coming to next-gen consoles. Oh, from George Yang at GameSpot. Dope. What an interesting name. Heard well, before. I know I know George Yang. I feel like I've been told to remember yeah. him for some reason. Yeah. 
You have to do it because he works so hard. Uh, Capcom has announced that both Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes, along with RE7, are coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X S later this year. Uh, while no specific date was revealed, Capcom confirmed that these updated versions will have visual enhancements. Uh, furthermore, those who already own the games on either PS4 or Xbox One are eligible for free digital upgrades to the new versions. As for the games on PC, free upgrade patches will be uh, will also be released um, when those other versions come out. So, you're getting next-gen patches for all of the Resident Evil games. I believe they're all made in the same engine, correct? It's just the RE, RE engine. engine. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, you know, they made Resident Evil 8. They're like, alright, we've got this figured out, and they're just gonna give you free upgrades for every game that they've made, which is, I'm, okay, so I didn't play Village, because I don't want to be scared by a werewolf. Everyone knows I hate werewolves. <laughs> and German raccoons, my least favorite things. Um, <laughs> but I remember looking at, like, RE2, and that game already looks great. Yeah. I'm very interested to see what, maybe just ray tracing, but I would love to see what RE2 looks like as a next-gen upgrade. Yeah, that, I assume... I assume ray tracing is part of that conversation is like what visual enhancements come to this because those are the types of games I feel like could really benefit from it. You know, you're going down a completely pitch black room and you have a flashlight and you know, you're traditionally in those types of experiences, you are limited to what is in the cone of your flashlight. And it's really difficult to kind of make that bounce all over the place. But with ray tracing, now suddenly you have an entirely new perspective on what's in that room and different ways that you can illuminate it. So like that, that I'm really excited for. I don't, I don't know how easy it is to implement that retroactively. Or maybe it was something mm -hmm. also that could have also been in the PC version already or, or very easy to do on PC. You're like, oh, let's turn it on and then also port it to the consoles. Like that, I feel like they could upgrade, they could get uh, from these. But also, uh, obviously, I think there's going to be probably a performance mode on these and give you the option for 60 frames, which is great. I'm so happy that this is starting, like we're, we're starting to be in that generation where like things are pretty. And it's not too much work to make them pretty and free, prettier and free for you. So like, we don't have to wait for a remaster to come out and pay another twenty or thirty dollars for the remastered version. Like, I like that this is starting to become the norm for this type of stuff. Because I will want to go back and play these yeah. things whenever the next Resident Evil game is about to come out, and I'd love to do it in PS5 glory. Yeah, I like the. Uh, I remember last gen was full of remasters. Uh, just. All the remasters were last gen. So yeah, like it's just like, hey, it's a free update. Because I guess, you know, they don't have to really do as much work and like repackage it and everything. Which is uh, good to me. Especially, I think they'll be doing this. You know, giving these next gen upgrades. And I'm sure we'll probably see something from RE4 this year. Or maybe around that time when they release all yeah. of these upgrades. They'll talk about RE4. And then it'll be like, oh, that's pretty too. Like, yeah, it's in this <laughs> engine. Look at all the pretty, the pretty engines we got over here. All this so, pretty blood and slime everywhere. Love it. Mm -mm. The, the the blood reflects realistically because of ray tracing. Uh, <laughs> Sifu hits a sales milestone and also has updates. Dope. Uh, some Darren Bunthuis at GameSpot. Three weeks. That game only launched three weeks ago. I thought it was longer. Wow, than that. yeah, that seems like uh, forever. Yeah, three weeks after launch, Kung Fu action game Sifu has sold over 1 million copies. Oh, look at that. Uh, we are thrilled by the reception to Sifu from both fans and press alike. Executive producer Pierre Tarno said in a press release, We set out to create an authentic Kung Fu action game that paid homage to our favorite Kung Fu films. Uh, we're thankful for our fans around the world, but we are especially humbled by the incredible reception the game has had in China. 
Our internal metric of success was how well the game was received there and knowing that fans in China are the largest segment of our sales outside of North America and the positive review from Chinese critics means a lot to us. Didn't know that that it was the best selling, their second best selling market is China yeah. compared to uh, North America. Very interesting. Um, Mandarin Chinese voice acting was also added with the latest patch, which is now on PC and will be coming soon to PlayStation. So congrats to Sifu. Congrats to the team. I think putting in the uh, Mandarin Chinese voice acting was, was a very good idea. Yep. Uh, especially for a game so heavily influenced by, you know, that culture. So good things for Sifu. Maybe, maybe also, I mean, I was planning to play it, but I'm like, oh, by the time I get this, there'll be enough patches and cool stuff. I'll be like, oh, yeah, look at all this good Sifu-ness. Yeah. It's so wild that, like, the video game industry is is in its infancy compared to everything else. And so we've already seen the Chinification of the film and TV industry. Like everything is catering to a Chinese audience and, and really being developed with them in mind because yeah, they're a huge portion of the population of planet earth and they consume it and love that kind of stuff. But um, it's, it's interesting to see it just now hit the video game industry. Cause it was only a handful of years ago that China like allowed third party con or, you know, non Chinese consoles to be sold in the country and video games to be part of that. So it's, it's interesting to see that. Oh man. Yeah. What if we, what if we do integrate, Chinese voice acting and probably translation and subtitles and all those kinds of things. Or what, how are we going to see AAA video games from Ubisoft and, and PlayStation and Xbox, like start integrating more and more things to cater to a Chinese audience or make them feel more included uh, and chase that audience as well. Like that's going to be interesting to see how they adapt to it versus how the film industry adapted to it as well. Yeah. That's what I'll ask you a question before we move on here. Who do you think did it better? Right. So Sifu being very Kung Fu uh, focused, but didn't have, you know, any Chinese voice actors, all that stuff. They've all fixed that now. So that game, Chinese focused, didn't add the uh, Mandarin Chinese stuff till later. So do you think that was better or worse than Transformers 5 through 6, always including <laughs> scenes in China so they could put the movie in China? Which one do you think catered that audience better? <laughs> I didn't see those Transformers movies specifically. Uh-huh. But I don't think Sifu had Mark Wahlberg. And so I'm going to say Transformers did it better. I also haven't That's played true. Sifu, so I don't know if there's like a special Mark Wahlberg cameo. He would be a great opponent. Ooh, what if he shows up? Mark Wahlberg shows up and beats your ass no matter how good you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He calls in a Transformer <laughs> to come beat your ass. The crazy thing about those movies, they're bad movies. Uh, I mean, I still enjoy them, but they're not good. The fact that Stanley Tucci is heavily featured i think it's either four or five like a lot i think that's the movie where they go to china and there's dinobots um stanley tucci fantastic actor all over that movie it's insane how much he's in that movie being a goofball the next movie which was either five or six featured stanley tucci as merlin the wizard from the past not related to his character from the other movie <laughs> just stanley tucci come back and be merlin because we like you so much so stanley tucci is in two transformers movies as completely different characters from two thousand years apart and it's not like a a nutty professor type thing right like where we're all supposed no, it's to just know stanley it's... tucci wearing a beard <laughs> it's just stanley tucci uh saying he's uh, a wizard because he has Transformers technology or something. That last movie was fucking bad. Oh my god. <laughs> I like those bad Transformers movies, but last night is awful. Anyways. <laughs> speaking of things that are awful. Oh, poor, poor guys. Babylon's, Babylon's Fall is doing as bad as it looks. That's <laughs> from Jordan Midler at VGC. <laughs> Babylon's Fall, the new hack and slash multiplayer game from Square Enix and Platinum, uh, looks like it's off to a slow start on PC. 
the online game was released today on Steam and PlayStation. Didn't realize that. It happened. Uh, and at the time of writing, is outside of Steam's 50 top sellers, uh, peaking at fewer than 650 concurrence Ooh, on its release day. Less than 650. Ouch. Uh, it's not good. For comparison... Another live uh, service game published by Square Enix, Marvel's Avengers, saw around 28,000 concurrent players at launch. So 28,000 for a game that uh, Square Enix says was awful and it did super bad and also didn't do super well in PC. 28,000 compared to 650 for this new video game that just came out from Platinum, oh. which again is fucking 50-50. You're going to get a good game or fucking trash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> While there are very few early reviews of the game, sentiment around it has been negative, particularly particularly from players and journalists who've played so far. Uh, Veteran Giant Bomb journalist Jeff Gersman uh, said in a quote, God, I love his quote, I'm having trouble thinking of a full-price video game that has made a worse first impression on me than Babylon's Fall. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) This game has a full-court press of battle passes, premium currency, and all this other stuff at at launch that feels presumptuous in terms of quality in the game and likelihood that people are going to want to engage with that. It feels very fucking crazy to me. (laughs) Wow. So, again, this game was shown at Square Enix's E3 um, from Platinum Games. People were interested, and they reshowed it. They showed it in like 2018, then they said nothing, showed it in E3 of 2021, uh, and a fucking this game sucks. I think the only review I saw for it was like a four. So uh, Damn. And again, this this comes right after Platinum Games, uh, I think like a couple weeks ago, talking about, we're going to go more into live service games because that, you know, that's what makes sense for the future. And that's what, you know, they're. CEO or whatever their big their big guy on top is like yeah this is the way the the industry is going we got to focus on live service games and their first live service game is a fucking failure so I don't want to shit on them too much but there's Babylon's fall for you what do you think so we talked last time about Square Enix having unrealistic expectations for sales for their game <laughs> what do you think the press release is going to be about this game in three months or are they just going to scrub the mention of it didn't happen. yeah they're like doesn't happen we don't know what Babylon's fall is <laughs> <laughs> uh, did they ever mention Balin Wonderworld after it came out? Oh, I don't know. What was the other? There was one where he plays a blind guy that apparently just got trash reviews. Mm, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, I feel like I that one Balin's got Wonderworld completely wiped from existence too. Square yeah, when it's really bad, when it's game, when it's good, they say it was failed to meet expectations. When it's bad, they just pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. Oh, it was the quiet man. That's deaf. You play the game as a deaf protagonist. That's what it was. That game came out. I remember seeing that trailer, and I never knew anything else about yeah, it. It came out three years ago. <laughs> has a twenty-eight on Metacritic. Ooh, Ooh. two out of ten on Gamespot. Three out of ten on Game Informer. Four out of ten on Destructoid. No statements. Square Enix from sure knows how to make video games, don't they? <laughs> uh huh. Great company there. That's it for the news story. God, we've already done our segments in Game on Game Show. We prematurely shot our wad. So uh, that brings us then to the the end of our our episode. But we have some good new announcement news. And that's about Barf. What is Barf, first of all? It's Backlog Accomplishment of the Respawn and Friends. It's our Barf game every single month. You, as patrons at patreon.com slash fire, you go and you vote on what game you want us to play. We give you a handful of choices, and you're like, play this game and talk about it, please. And we say, yes, we'll do it, uh, along with getting wallpapers and stuff, too. So feel free to go there and uh, contribute. And you did, and this month's barf is Coffee Talk. 
Now, this is not the like full motion video game that we were talking about at the end of last time, right? This is no, a different. That okay. was telling lies. That was telling lies. No one voted for coffee telling talk. Lies. Okay. Well, I think it. I don't remember if that one got a vote or not. Um, but coffee talk is like a uh, conversational kind of what like you're running a coffee shop. And you like have conversations with your customers and stuff, except for it's set in a fantasy world. So you'll be hanging out, then yes. like a cop comes in who's an orc. And then you, you can like, romance make his latte orcs and, like, do the... and astronauts. 100% in. Let's go. Yeah, I've never played it. I just know that uh, Afro Cyborg on Twitter, Joe, really, really likes the game. He's talked about it on Twitter multiple times. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to throw it in this list. I hope there's romance in it because I chose it for Valentine's Day. So I think <laughs> we'll see. What if it's not? What if it's literally just a game about people talking about their favorite types of coffee? In which case, I'm out. I hate it. Zero out of ten. No. It's got fantasy, though, so you know it's got to have romance. There is. There's an elf kissing. There is a screenshot where you can create coffee art. You're pouring milk in. You can etch. Oh, yeah, yeah, can, absolutely. You can draw the shit okay. in, the, in the latte or whatever. I'm going to put okay. a big question mark. Shit a big riller question mark. Yeah, a big old question. Every yep. one of them. There you go. Ooh, I'm, that's the only the thing I'm doing. <laughs> Why is the coffee green? It's like chai latte, right? Oh, like green okay, chai okay, lattes okay, okay. or whatever. I'm not a coffee or tea yeah. drinker, so all of this is new. I'm going to learn so much from this game. You're going to learn so much about yep. orc kissing and all about <laughs> coffee shops. <laughs> I love Very it. exciting. I'm excited. To play. All right. So play that before the end of the month. If you are playing it or have played it and you want to share your opinions with us, you can do that via email. So you can send it to respawningfire at gmail.com or you can DM us your thoughts if you want us to read them on the show. Or if you're like listening to this and you're like, man, I have opinions and I would like to talk to these fine young chaps, then you can do that and reach out to us and we will... Uh, have you on the show and we'll chat and have a great old time oh and speaking of the last last month's barf is out we had alex cozina on mm. cozy bear go check that out that was all about quantum break so that's out on podcast services and youtube as well and no one has taken us up on our guerrilla marketing offer oh tisk tisk. the offer still exists so like prove to us that you've guerrilla marketed our podcast to a loved one or a friend or someone on the subway and you uh we will guerrilla market something of your choice on the podcast as well it is in perpetuity that will stand forever all right that's it everyone i'm gonna go play more destiny 2 the witch queen and so should you here's our usual sign off that's the sound that some of the witches make in the game (laughs) 